Salam guys, I'm Mohsin. Welcome to this episode of Millionaire Muslim. Before we get into this episode, we just wanted to spend a few seconds telling you about Islamic Finance Guru or IFG for short. Mohsin and I co-founded IFG in 2015 because we couldn't find content about personal finance and Islamic finance for Muslims like you and I. Nowadays, alhamdulillah, we reach an audience of hundreds of thousands and our goal is to keep providing great content to help you guys. So if you're looking for halal investments and Islamic mortgages or startup funding, check us out at islamicfinanceguru.com. And if you want to get in touch with us directly, you can get me on mohsin at islamicfinanceguru.com and you can get Ibrahim on ibrahim at islamicfinanceguru.com. Enjoy the episode. Since its launch, tens of thousands of Muslims have given zakat through NZF. We're the only platform with a national reach enabling you to give zakat to those who need it here. Across the country, Muslims are in need. Your zakat has the potential to change their lives. Just go to www.nzf.org.uk to calculate your zakat, choose how it's used, and keep updated about the impact it's having on the lives of Muslims where you live. NZF. Give zakat here. Assalamu alaikum. Welcome to the Millionaire Muslim Podcast. I'm Mohsin and I'm with my partner in crime, Ibrahim Khan. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum assalam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. What are we talking about today, son? Brother, today we are going to be talking about, I don't know why. Is that, that. Pakistani or Scottish? It is Arabic. Brother. Arabic. Arabic, brother. <laughs> today we are going to be talking about a question that you received at, at, at an event. Sorry, I, I can't. Can't sustain it. I can't it. sustain just, it. Just quit. At an event. Mm. What was the question? question that I had today was, how do I save for a deposit? So, how do we do it? So, I think the way to think about saving for a deposit is, first, you beg, borrow, or steal. Okay. I mean, I'm fully on board with that, except the stealing bit. Secondly, I think you should know what you're playing with in terms of deposit. Yeah. Firstly, what is a deposit? A deposit is an amount you put down to pay the bank, essentially, where the bank will make up the rest of the amount. So let's say you're buying a £100,000 property. You will normally have a deposit anywhere between, so these days, the smallest deposit, which is £5,000. This is obviously, for the sake of the podcast, the exact variables you can check out on the Islamic mortgage comparison that we have on our website. But let's say... Smooth plug. Yeah, that's what I do. So let's say you've got a 100000 house, and the lowest deposit you will need is £5,000 for that. But then that can vary to... 10% 10% or 20% deposits. Yeah. And the reason why that varies and that's important is the more deposit you put down, the cheaper the rate that you get yeah. with the bank. Yeah. So overall, over 20, 30 years, you'll pay less if you have a bigger deposit. And if you have a big deposit, then that is just going to make your life so much easier in terms of monthly payments as well, Yeah. because they'll go down. And so you definitely want to have as much of a deposit as you possibly can get. But at the same time, you might want to not have much of a deposit if it's hard to save up and you just want to get onto the property ladder. Yeah. So yeah, set the scene over to you. Right. So the way we think about a deposit then in terms of saving is I think of it like a waterfall or like a funnel. So what goes in at the top is basically your income. Now, for most people, income is going to be made up of probably one thing, which is your salary. Most people are employees, most people are salaried, and the amount that you can save is going to be dependent on the amount that you're bringing in through your salary and the amount that's going out in your costs. Now, if you are living at home, as in with your parents, then it's a great time to save. Happy days. Then it's absolutely happy days. I think that that would be brilliant. 
if you happen to be renting, then I guess it feels like a hamster wheel because you have these fixed costs that you can't stop. You can't just stop paying rent and you've got a limited amount of income. Mm. So what can we do thinking about that top of the funnel thing to increase income? Well, one thing you can do is seek a higher paid job. That sounds really simple, but actually you'd be surprised at the number of people. I mean, think about our profession, well, my former profession and your current profession, the law. Like I knew people at my firm that could happily, well, easily move into other firms that were much, much better paying. They would have been snapped up because they were like... Good at what they did. Good at what they're doing and also in like areas that are very uh, in demand and a very low supply of lawyers in that area. But actually, they make the choice to stay where they are because obviously they're well paid, relatively speaking. And what they value more is like comfort and Mm. just like knowing what they're up to and like they're comfortable with their environment and all that sort of stuff. There's an argument that that's fine. But then if you really want to just be aggressive about your income, then perhaps you have to sacrifice some of that. Getting that deposit over a short period of time. Yeah. If you're not willing to make that little bit of sacrifice. Yeah then it's going to be a bit harder. Yeah. So maybe the first step is that, I mean, this depends on the industry that you're in. Some of you, this won't be relevant. But if you are in an industry where, if you can think off the top of your head that, you know what, like that recruiter that's been hassling me, maybe it is time that I took his or her call and actually started looking for that 20-30% pay rise that I can get at the competitor firm. Yeah. Because that will help you massively. Like that margin is what you could be saving. Because if you're living comfortably right now, then 100%. the increase in your salary could be the amount that you're saving. But Mohsin, you are inadvertently saying to people, how can I save for a deposit? You're saying basically get a better paying job. Yeah. Which is, for some people, it'll be fine. They actually could do that. Yeah, I, I have acknowledged that. What else can they do? Like, so, Okay, so, so that's the first thing. It's like if you're in an industry where it's relatively easy to get a better paying job, like the law is a good example, then you should do that. Another option is that you just have to seek extra sources of income. So like just hustling, I mean, not drugs. It's very interesting walking down a street in Leicester or Blackburn, Mm. trying to pick out the house where all the drug dealing's happening. I can't say it's an activity I've ever undertaken. Well, it's, we used to live opposite a family (laughs) that dealt in drugs. Right. Okay. Mashallah, they were very practicing. Were they? Did they have a Range Rover? I think they did. Yeah. I think you need a Range Rover. It's like a status symbol, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Mashallah. Yeah, so second income. So yes, yeah, so second income. So like, this is the holy grail, isn't it? It's what everyone dreams of. Like, what's the easy second income or like extra income that I could get? And everyone always says, oh, if I could just have an extra X pounds a month, I'd be absolutely laughing. Actually attaining that is a bit more difficult. So like, easy ways to do it. Well, not easy ways, but like straightforward ways to do it are don't discount doing seemingly menial stuff like Uber, Deliveroo, yeah. working at the petrol station at night. Just like, the only thing you have as an employee is hours. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you've just got to, like, smash those hours, unfortunately. Uber's a really interesting one. I think I would want to do Uber at some point. Just I strongly it. considered doing it when I was at law school. Really? I was discouraged from doing it. But, like, the reason I wanted to do it was just think of the amount of stories you could tell. I think it's a fantastic networking opportunity It is, as well. isn't it? You've got a captive audience for 30, 40 minutes. Yeah. And if I'm worth any my salt in sales at all yeah i should be able to convert into a customer yeah at least some of those 40 minute people that i've blabbered on about on any particular topic absolutely so uber pays really well as well it's decent yeah yeah. some people who work really hard at uber have to get vat registered 
Do they? And, yeah, put that in context. What's the VATS? 80 grand? 85 80 grand. grand. Yeah, so they're making so, uh, serious money. And like the average Uber driver, I was talking to one, they were saying they make somewhere around the £100,000 mark per week. Hundred thousand pound a week? No, what? not hundred thousand. Sorry, thousand pound. Oh, I was going to say, so I'm, like, I'm in the wrong game. Obviously, take out the cost and stuff. They're making somewhere between three and four thousand. Yeah, for the month, and yeah. then you obviously will take off the tax and stuff. Yeah, I mean, even away from Uber, like just standard private hire taxi drivers. I know a few that only work like Friday and Saturday night, and they'll make like five hundred quid yeah. to a grand on those nights alone. And there's obviously stigma attached to it, and I feel like if it's for a purpose. Even if it's not for a purpose, stigma in itself, unless it's because you're, you know, you're selling drugs, for example, there is <laughs> rightly a stigma attached to that. But unless there is a real stigma attached to something, I don't think you should value what it all. Say. Yeah, exactly. I agree. Just getting that job that you never considered getting is something to think about. That just unlocks the door to a bit of extra income. Delivery driver for a takeaway. I used to do that for a while. Did you? All sorts of interesting stories come out of that. Right. Well, you've got stuff like Uber Eats nowadays. Yeah, yeah. So you can get all like Deliveroo or whatever. Honestly, like you might be listening to this and thinking, oh, you don't want to do that. I'm like a office worker in whatever blue chip company. Yeah. What will my family think if I start doing like Uber Eats delivery? Yeah. It's... Imagine the banter. And also like, I feel it's almost about humbling yourself mm. and being able to have that bandwidth as an individual from being... You do you know, know what? I'm slowly becoming convinced that maybe this is what I should do. Become an Uber driver? Yeah. Why not? Do it. As a thought experiment, I think you should do it. And do it regularly. I think I need to buy a better car first. Apparently it's quite hard to go through that whole process. Yeah. You have to pass some kind of basic exam. Do you? I think you have to speak English. You have to have like a taxi license as well, don't you? Possibly. But you definitely do need to have like your car signed off and stuff. So you need to have a decent car. My car doesn't open at the moment. Right, okay. So I think I might have a problem. You might have an issue. But yeah, so look, that's an option. Uber and like other kind of jobs which are easy to access, relatively easy to access, that just require you to put in a shift. Don't discount it at all. Flexible, easy make money. Yeah. If you sell stuff like on car boot sales and that sort of thing, that's good money as well. Yeah. I was in like flipping stuff. Yeah, or like even just, yeah, you buy something wholesale and sell it on car boot sale and make a bit of money that way. It's good money and that's potentially, arguably, a bit more scalable because if something you find you're clicking... Hit upon a niche. And it's like really selling well, then that can really quickly mushroom. It's true. Like something. You hear about all sorts of businesses that seem like so random and the story behind them is just something like that. Like one of the businesses that we ended up buying... The guy who set it up, it was weird. Like the way he got into it was because he himself had like a car parts business or something. Right. And he had just like a random stock left after the sale with a particular supplier. So he goes back to the supplier and he's like, I've got this stuff. Like, what should I do? And they're like, we'll just give you a credit note. And he's like, well, what good's a credit note? Like, I'm not going to do anything with it. I'm like 60 odd years old. I'm going to retire. So they were like, oh, like we've got these like random things. And he's like, all right, fine. And then he ends up selling them and just like made a whole business out of it and then sold it to us. Clever. 20 years later. I note, Mohsin, that you didn't disclose what the asset itself was. No, I didn't. Which is fine. It's like rule number one of being a small business owner. Rule number one, keep your eye on the cash flow. Exactly. And guard your turf like a bulldog. It's funny you say that, though, because in the internet world or like the startup world, I think that I'd be happy to disclose ideas and whatever in some detail. 
but not the small business because it's not uh, necessarily the small business because I mean, it's a small honest, relatively I, small pond i feel like i could don't do it the thing is it's not my baby like my yeah, wife yeah. runs it day to day so right. I, I just feel a bit more so protective if but you anyway. if you want Mohsin to disclose his business small <laughs> business then tweet him extremely hard and consistently for him to do that and uh inshallah we can try and put some pressure on him but i do know that we talked about how to save for a deposit and so far our some <laughs> contribution to that question has been make more money yeah but there are actually other ways that you can do that let's say yeah. you've got the same amount of money what you could do is put it into a lifetime isa or a health to buy actually hang on so let's wrap yeah. up the make more money point so yeah. things like uber then you've got things like buying wholesale stuff selling it to retail you can make a side gig out of like if you've got a skill like if you're a lawyer or like a coder or like an accountant or whatever like can you moonlight like, yeah it photographer be, photographer clown a at magician my, at my old workplace one of the hr people she was like a side gig photographer and yeah she was like, absolutely smashing it right so help to buy lifetime isa yeah so like- then so like moving down the funnel then so you've got make more money as a potential and then, so like, let's say you sorted on, you've maxed out on how much money you can earn, and then go down the funnel. How can you make your money more efficient? Like, how can you put it to better use? Let's say you're saving X pounds per month. You've got a few options. One is that you put it in the bank, which I think is the worst yeah. option. Agreed. Like, let's put up numbers on it. So let's say you're saving £20,000, yeah. and every month you're able to save, let's say, £200. So in a year, you're going to save £2,400. So you're going to save £20,000 at that rate, probably in about 10 years or so. And so that's not ideal, of course. So you want to be saving in less than 10 years. But that's helpful as a base metric because it suggests to you that if you can get it anywhere lower than 10 years, you're on to a winner. It's like when the sat-nav tells you it's 15 minutes to your destination and you try and beat it. It's like that. Exactly. But I think you can beat it much more than with a sat-nav. <laughs> yeah. Because Google's on it. Google's uh, on it. Google knows. So Help to Buy closed up. Yeah, so Help to Buy ISA closed up on the 30th of November. The tip that we gave out, it wasn't novel tip, everyone was giving the same tip, was open it with a quid before the deadline and you can save into it. So hopefully some of you guys took that on. What's our view on the halalness of Help to Buy ISAs, if you want to summarise that real quick? Help to buy ISAs, generally, if it's going to be something that's really going to move the needle for you, then... So by move the needle, what do you mean? So like, if having help to buy ISA, and that was a 25% bonus that you get, that 25% extra that you get by putting money into help to buy ISAs, if that's going to be a significant portion, a material portion of your overall savings, then we think that given the underlying nature of the government grant, we think that that would be permissible. And we've consulted a few muftis on this the alternative where it's not really going to make a big difference you're saving a hundred thousand deposit and you've already saved like 80 90 thousand of it and the help to buy ice is going to add like 500 pounds to your overall amount that's not going to move the needle and you're probably able to save that just with a couple of more months in that case i would say that you probably shouldn't use it yeah because and the this is a key thing. Help to buy ISAs are delivered through savings accounts yep. that are in conventional banks, so they give you an interest return. So basically, help to buy ISAs, the way you open them is like a cash ISA. 
cash ices you can only open in places like lloyd's and barclays and whatever and they give you an interest return on your money so it's not actually the government grant that's the problem it's the fact that you're getting interest on your money so the question here is is it permissible to give away the interest and take the government grant and what ibrahim is saying is that if the bonus element is material for you in your saving journey then our view is that yes you can give away the interest and as ibrahim said we've consulted people on this point so help to buy isa but it's closed now. So if you've not done the help to buy ISA, what's the next thing you can do? Lifetime ISA. Yeah. And so with a LISA, as it's nicely called, you get 20% from what I recall. Is it 25%? I think it's 25 uh, I think it's 25 yeah, yeah, yeah. 25%. but there's a limit on what you can put in. Yeah, you can uh, only put in I mean, it's the same th- with the help to buy ISA too. There is a limit there. Yeah, 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 there is. With the LISA, you can put in 4,000 per year. You need to be under the age of 40 to set one up. And if you withdraw it, this is a crucial bit, if you withdraw it, then you either need to be retired and using it for your pension, or you're going to be withdrawing it for your deposit. So For a first-time buyer. For a first-time buyer, yeah. So if you're thinking you may or may not buy a house, but you probably will need the money at some point, then ultimately what you're going to end up doing is losing out on the government bonus. And it's not really that much point in having a LISA. But if you are definitely going to buy a house and you're a first-time buyer, then it's a great way of saving. And the crucial thing here is lifetime ISAs you can set up as a stocks and shares account. Yeah. So what that means is it doesn't earn you interest. You can actually invest in halal companies, which, by the way, we've got a course that we do, online course that helps you screen halal shares that you can check out. IslamicFinanceGuru.com forward slash courses for that. Cheeky plug. That's an easy way of you accessing halal savings, but also getting a 25% bonus from the government, which yeah, is such a no-brainer. And crucially, like, so if you're saving in the four grand, so government tops it up, that becomes your 4,000, what, 800? It's five grand. Five yeah, grand. Five. You've got your five grand, and then your five grand, what we're saying is that you can then invest it into either companies directly or into, like, funds. If you don't want to make the decisions about the companies that you're buying yourself, you can just put it into Sharia-compliant funds. We've got a full list of this on our Halal Investment Comparison page. So let's say you stick it in there. That earns you a return as well. Let's say that fund, it does a 7% return that year. So you've earned not just your 25% government grant, but on your collective 5K. So you started with this 4K in, by the way. So 4K in has become 5K. 5K has seen a 7% return. What's 7% on 5K? 350. 350. So your 4K has become 5350. Which is not bad going, is it? Yeah, and that's just going to mushroom. And this is a key thing, by the way. This is a key thing about saving that's going to make a big return, which is compounding. Like If you leave in the returns that you get every year and just reinvest them, that is where you're going to see massive, massive returns. Yeah. So you know they say about how interest means that the debt builds up over time really quickly. That's exactly what you're doing, but with your savings. So that's a good thing. Yeah. And so you should be really consistently saving, regularly saving, and just punting it all back into reinvestments. What do you think about like a really gung-ho approach? So... Because what we're talking about is like really sensible... This is a sensible approach. Yeah, it's like yeah. a sensible approach. Like, But there is another approach where I'm like, look, I've got 10 grand. I've done like mad Uber sessions. Yeah. I've been hustling hard, right? And I've got my 10K and I'm like, look, I've got my 10K by hook or by crook, but I need that 30K deposit. How am I going to triple my money? I still would say stay fairly conservative with that. 10K is a decent amount on your way to getting to a 30K deposit. However, if you're living in London and you've got 5, 10K, 
and you're saving for a deposit and you've got like a family of two or three, you need to get a three bedroom terraced house somewhere, mm. even cheap in London. That's yeah. looking at somewhere like £400,000. Yeah. So there you're going to have to have a deposit of somewhere around in the region of, if you want it to be affordable per month, probably around 80000 Yeah. So going from 20000 to 80000 or 10000 to 80000 is a massive jump. Yeah. And you're not going to do that quickly. Yeah. So there, I think, taking yeah. the gung-ho approach yeah. might make sense because you're thinking, okay, look, and this is another really crucial thing. I'm young. Yeah. And I'm young. I can lose this. I'll get it back again. Yeah. But then on the bright side, if I win on this yeah. big bet, yeah. then I do well. Let's caveat all this by saying that this is for like a really specific set of circumstances. Yeah. And it's and if you're into that stuff and you're, yeah, you're a high risk person. Yeah. Like you'll have to be the best judge of this. But like I'm putting like a really artificial scenario here just for the purposes yeah. of this podcast, which is like, let's say I've got this 10K. I'm like, you know what? 80K is going to take me 20 years. I'm not going to do it. I'd rather lose my 10 grand and give myself like a 5% shot of getting this 80K. I want to have like a 10, 20%. Well, shot. whatever. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. What would you do? So what I think I would do is probably a mixture of two things. One is, again, I'm just naturally quite risk averse. So I'd want to hedge, my, be- hedge my bets a bit. Yeah. I take 5k. You've changed. I take 5k and I put it into maybe like a couple of startups and I hope that they smash it. And obviously when you put the 5k in, you get like half of it back as a tax rebate anyway. So maybe I'll reinvest a tax rebate into another startup. So that gets me three startups of two and a half thousand each. Mm. And I still have 5,000 to play with. And I think with that, I'll probably put it into fairly high risk. Once inshallah it launches, there's a few Sharia compliant debt products that are coming out mm. that yield something yeah. like 10, 11% per annum, Yeah, yeah, which is really solid. And they are like obviously slightly riskier than just investing in a property or something but they're just completely hands off. Yeah. And so I probably chucked 5k into that yeah. and just let it compound. Yeah, I think they sound like sensible options. Do you know what I'd do? I think I would try and buy a bit business. I mean, I would say that, but like... That's what you do. That's what I do. The reason I say that is because like 10k is actually not an impossible amount of money with which to find an all right like internet business yeah or you might even club together with someone and be like look you chuck in 10k i'll chuck in 10k we'll split the profits middle and you get a 20k business you can usually buy these things on like a two to three times multiple that's a good idea actually that's not a bad chart at all two to three times multiple of what their annual revenue profit annual profit but then crucially like if you can get in let's say you negotiate a decent deal you buy it on two times multiple so like with your 20k you would buy a business that makes 10k a year so you're like, here's 20 grand. I'm buying this business that makes 10K a year. That's the base. Then you go in. Hopefully what you're doing in your buying opportunities, you're spotting an opportunity to grow that business. It's like, if you could do it so that you could, I mean, this is ambitious, very ambitious, but if you could double that business in that year, the profit, you could like pay off your investment, your, your investment by year one. Hmm. So you've got your 10K back to yeah. do something else with. And then you just carry on from there. To be honest, I think that's a really good idea. I think on that bombshell. I think we better end it. So there we have it. And if you've got a suggestion, maybe you save for a deposit from what looked like a really adverse situation. We want to hear about it. Ibrahim at IslamicFinanceGuru.com and Mossin at IslamicFinanceGuru.com. Email us, tell us your story. And yeah, let's have a chat about it. Maybe we'll share it. Maybe you can inspire the thousands of people that listen to this podcast. So Jazakallah khairan for listening. 
and we will see you or you will listen to us on the next podcast. If you got this far, you must have enjoyed the podcast, which means you'll definitely love our other episodes and other content we produce as well, inshallah. Be sure to check out the website, islamicfinanceguru.com, as well as our YouTube channel and social media. Until next time, assalamu alaikum.